Hello, everyone. Redcoat here. Santier joins him. And uh, we're back for another podcast. And uh, this month, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, instead of a series of linked subjects, we're going to be doing a bit of a grab bag. Yep. We have a number of different topics we want to talk about, but don't think we can turn into a full month's worth of podcasts. So uh, our topic for today, uh, we'll get to that in a second, seemed like it thematically fits after our previous set of podcasts, which was on game failure and how gross failure in games is handled. Uh, so it seemed like a good time to go ahead and do one of these sort of variety months. Yeah. So we're going to start with the topic of game failure and how it relates to failure in real life. Yeah. It's something that I've kind of thought about some. The idea here is the way that games handle failure and the way real life handles failure have some uh, similarities and some differences. And I think it's an interesting thing to kind of compare and kind of examine that. Now, obviously, in real life, we don't have things like reload states. And if you die, you're not going to be trying again. So yeah. some things have more severe failure states than others. For example, if you fail badly enough at driving, you're not going to get another chance, um, which is why it's important to have a lot of good training and stuff for that. But there's a lot of other ways in which um, failure is handled differently um, in in terms of it's similar to the resume style in a way, but where everybody cares more. Um, I'm not sure that I'm expressing myself super well with that, but to kind of get into what I'm talking about, one of the big areas where I feel like failure gets handled poorly is with an education. Uh, and I'll talk about that more later. But a good example is it's pretty awful to have to repeat a grade, like not just from a standpoint of um, it can be very frustrating and demoralizing, but the social complications of it. In video games, uh, particularly resume style video games, are a lot more forgiving that way. And they say, we expect you to fail and we anticipate that that's okay. You're here to learn and improve. And the thing that I find particularly frustrating about the way education systems are set up, at least in the United States and what I personally experienced, is that they're not really set up with that sort of thing in mind. And so when I look at a game like Dark Souls and say, this game is a challenge and it wants me to learn, but it also wants me to succeed, it's set up that way. I wonder why can't real life respond to failure in that way? Yeah, well, it's an interesting thing because... Um, I mean, one of the, one of the parts of the concept of, you know, when you say real life respond in that way, it's, it's more that it's society and the people in life responding in, well, creating situations that engender that sort of mindset, you know? Yeah, you're right. It makes me think of a, a quote that I've heard attributed to Thomas Edison that he didn't fail to make a light bulb a thousand times. He succeeded in finding a thousand ways that you couldn't make a light bulb. And it's kind of that reframing and recontextualizing, right? Where you might fail in your endeavor, but that doesn't necessarily mean A, that you're a failure, or B, that it was a waste. And I think one of the big things with failure in real life is we're too quick to label people failures and to say that failure is a bad thing. Video games, one of the things that I really like about the way that failure gets handled there is that it emphasizes this opportunity to retry, to learn, to try a different approach. 
Um, I was just playing StarCraft II earlier today, and I had a mission that I was doing, uh, playing through the campaign, where I failed. I had a time limit, and I didn't succeed at doing things in time, but because I'd experienced it now, I had a better sense of what I was doing, and I was able to succeed soundly on the second attempt, but it did require failure first. But that also is okay, because it meant that, you know, I'd gained something, I'd grown from the experience, right, of failing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an interesting thing, too, because this also brings up one of the, um, I guess you would call it one of the key differences when we when we look at um, reality and gaming, because sure, in a lot of games, we have that idea of where when you fail, and I say a lot of games, not all of them, uh, but in a lot of games, when you fail, the situation that you failed at is not going to change, per se. That's true. Every time you lose, it's a lot more clear that you're pulling more information back with you when you start up again because you have that idea of like, well, yeah, I know where his placement is. He's always going to be there. I'm going to I'm gonna come back. But that said, I mean, in real life, you have that thing of where, you know, you make the failure mm-hmm. and the next situation is going to be different. It's really hard to recreate the... The, the original... Yeah, the experience, yeah. yeah. It actually makes me think of uh, Shadow of Mordor, uh, Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. Because in that game, when you die, you respawn in a tower and the world progresses. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're not going to generally encounter the exact same situation again. Now, uh, there is a bit of the caveat that it's a game that has a limited number of scenarios. Well, of course. Right. But even still, you're not going to generally encounter that exact same experience again. You'll encounter like experiences. Um, and I think that game is probably more similar to real life from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been talking about it a lot, but Dark Souls 3 has been on my mind because I've been playing it. Yeah, and it's a great game. It is. But it has that sense of, I know what to do now because I've experienced the exact thing I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I started up a second character and it was like, okay, now I know where everything is. Yeah. Sort of. Well, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing, too, because I know um, this actually makes me think of the way I tend to play the Dark Souls games, where mm-hmm. I'll go through it with one particular build, and that's that's my run with that build. But then I start the game with a new build. I'll know a lot about where everything is in the game, um, and so that build has to approach it a little bit differently. Um, yeah, and you also have some concept of how you're going to route that character's play also. Yeah. Well, and it's an interesting thing because, um, like going back to the, uh, the educational system, actually, mm-hmm. is it's one of those things where it makes me think of like test structure in particular. Sure. Uh, you're given something that you're told, I need you to do your best at this thing. And you're never going to get to do your best at this thing ever again at least in this year, um, mm-hmm. if you're even going to be given the same test. And this will usually hugely impact um, what's going to happen next. And that puts a lot of pressure on the on the person to perform. Yeah. The other thing that's actually kind of interesting, just thinking about that a little bit more, is that concept of if they do repeat something frequently enough, you begin to memorize it rather than actually to kind of back up and kind of... Uh, address this thought more head on. Let's say you're taking a math test and it's the same math test, right? Yeah. You can start to memorize which things are the answers to the questions if it's the same thing over and over again, Mm -hmm. which is very different from actually learning the math. Yeah. Right? And if you're being prepared in a way 
that is designed to be a regurgitation of information. Uh, I'm reminded here of a class that my dad had that he told me about in college or high school or something around there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like some sort of, or maybe it was my mom. Anyway, one of my parents had a class that they were taking where the instructor basically expected them to just regurgitate what he had given them. So you memorized your notes and you wrote those down in the appropriate spots. Yeah. And that's not necessarily learning that thing, especially in something that's a more varied subject. Yeah. Well, it actually makes me think of um, actually one of the things that's different um, overseas as far as how our maths are taught. Mm, okay. Um, because... Uh, like I remember while I was in the elementary schools and also my mother just drilled me on these for days and weeks and months um, was, you know, learning my times tables. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. The way you're usually taught them, at least the I remember we would get out in front of the school and then before we could actually go inside, we had to go through all of our times tables. Huh. And so everyone would say the fives times five tables because those were easy to memorize. But once you got started sure. getting to the sevens and the eights, it was a little bit more difficult. Yeah, I still have to think about some of those. But on the one hand, memorizing your multiplication tables will you know, allow you to do some stuff quickly. But that doesn't actually teach you everything about how math itself works. And that was one of the interesting things, uh, at least as far as I understand it. In the American system, we tend to go through arithmetic, um, which is specifically just you're actually just working with normal numbers. Yeah. Um, the the pluses and minuses with whole uh, with whole counting numbers. Yeah. Zero through infinity usually don't get quite up to infinity, but... yeah. And um, it's not until you get into late middle school to high school that you really start working with um, algebra, which algebra is actually getting really close to the core of what math actually is. Yeah, it's figuring out how to use numbers to solve your problems. Yeah, um, like with everything else, it's kind of like you get this idea that numbers are a thing and they can kind of sort of represent stuff. But you can see the disconnect when you ask a kid to do a a word problem that has to be acclimated into math. Mm, yeah. Because um, I remember I was put into the extended learning or rather advanced learning classes because I could do those. Um, because I could look at a thing that had three guys that were in a certain area and another three guys that were in a different area, they owned these things, figure out how all of these numbers interact together to create this other thing. Yeah, sure. The sort of train passes, train A passes train B, except a bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, usually it involved miners and gold and scorpions. Yeah, they had a lot of fun in those classes. Sounds like it. But it was still that thing of where that concept of actually being able to acclimate a real world situation into those numbers was not really taught. Um, and that's really where algebra, that's what algebra is in a way. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's very abstract, but, um, and that's why physics. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's a way of turning something into something you can work with, right? Yeah. But in any case, um, we're, I guess we're, I kind of took us off topic there. Not necessarily though, because, I think that a lot of ourselves are built up through our childhood. And the way that school handles things is one of our great socializers, our uh, conditioners. Mm-hmm. And when the education system, instead of saying, 
this is incorrect and try again in a way that is socially destructive. Yeah, well, it's like when you're told that something is incorrect in school and you're told you're wrong, try again. It's not, it's you're wrong, try again. It's not you're wrong, try again differently. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's an emphasis on being right rather than learning how to do it correctly. Yeah. I kind of feel. Again, my personal impressions of things, right? But it's frustrating to me because good learning environments are ones in which people are able to fail Mm -hmm. and learn from their failures. A couple of things come to mind. Uh, The first is extra credits had an episode about needing to fail faster, that the faster that you fail, the sooner you can learn. Yeah. Right. And when you're making a game, you want to fail as soon as you can, as quickly as you can, because that tells you where you can improve Mm -hmm. and can give you some idea of, okay, well, this didn't work. Let's try this and see if that works. The other sort of uh, example that came to mind has now slipped my mind, but just that sense of an environment in which failing is not seen as a finality. And I think that's part of the problem is that you're given so... It's not seen as an extra chance to do stuff. It's Mm -hmm. seen as a negative when you have to repeat a grade. Um, And you even have to, like, repeat the full grade rather than... Rather than just the class that really screwed you. Yeah, or, like, continue on in a, a different sort of structure. And... There's a lot of social conditioning that is influenced by this, right? Mm-hmm. Because people who fail a grade are labeled as failures. Yeah. And then they ingrain that and think they can't succeed at anything. Um, versus, say, somebody who has gotten a different environment mm-hmm. where failure in that environment is seen as, hmm, that didn't work. Let's figure out why and see how we can improve. And in that environment, somebody sees failure as a stepping stone to success. Yeah. And... It's something that makes people fragile when they fear failure. No, most definitely. Because when you go into a situation and you're really worried about, well, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? What if this goes wrong? Then it makes it really hard to step out in the first place. And I mean, there's definitely something to be said for, you know, knowing when the stakes are high. That's important. Yeah, it is. But it's also important to be able to tell when that's not the case when you can make those mistakes or when you know that the stakes are going to be high later and so you figure out how to test out all of your theories and your um, your different ideas uh, in a safer environment before you get to those stakes yeah I also just remembered the thing that I wanted to bring up earlier that slipped my mind uh, which is how much Mark Rosewater uh, head designer for Magic the Gathering talks about the mistakes he's made and the failures that they've had Mm -hmm. um, and what they've learned from them. And one of the things that's a key takeaway from some of that discussion is that we tend to overthink of failure and success as a binary, Mm -hmm. right? Rather than you had this percentage success or these things succeeded and these things failed, right? Yeah. And it's important to identify what parts failed and what parts succeeded, And that has a huge impact because then you know where things went wrong, where things went right, what you can improve on. And it also means that you don't throw out things that went right because the whole thing failed. I can think of, for example, uh, 
Castlevania Lords of Shadow, the first one, had a lot of problems. But one of the things that wasn't a problem was the combat system. Yeah. And they didn't throw that out. They threw out how they were doing their level design, which was good, because their level design had serious issues. And they, they threw out some other things that weren't working. But they they doubled down on the combat system that had been working and improved it. Mm-hmm. Right, but they they didn't say, oh well, this game didn't work out quite as well as we would have liked. Let's scrap the whole thing. Yeah, they did something with it, and then this also comes to another thing that uh, I think works kind of well as an example. Uh, that's a bit more personal. I have recently started working at a sort of tutoring. It's not necessarily what people think of in tutoring. Um, it's more guiding kids through extended length worksheets. Yeah, yeah, uh, with math and. My first day, I was like feeling very underprepared because I mean, there's only so much time to try to prepare, and at some like you can't be an expert at things when you first try them, right? Yeah. And so I went through that first day, and it went better than I expected, and I can see the improvement that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so I can't say that I failed that first day. I didn't succeed as an expert would. But there was success and failure intermixed, and to try to take the whole thing and write it off as a failure would be incorrect. Some amount of failure doesn't mean the whole thing was, and some amount of success doesn't mean the whole thing was a success either. Like, it's it's intermixed. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff on failure in real life. And, I mean, one of the things that I would like to um, leave our uh, listenership with Sure. Is the idea that one of the things that video games and really any type of media does, like media in general gives us a way to uh, interact with life and interact with different ideas and concepts uh, in ways that we wouldn't normally be able to, right? Sure. Definitely one of the things that games in specific really do give us the ability to do is to interact with that concept of learning through failure. Yeah, they create a space where it's safe to fail. Yeah. I really do feel like that's one of the great things that happened, at least through uh, to... I'm not going to speak for all of my generation, but at least I can speak for myself. Um, that going through a lot of the games that I went through, because I was in the NES era, so there was a lot of, well, unabashedly hard games. And especially when I got into the fighting game area, the idea that there was this concept of you failed... But you need to be creative about figuring out how to better yourself in those games. Yeah. And just trying to understand everything that happens in those things. And I mean, that's just my bread and butter. I love trying to understand things. Yeah. And and just one final uh, anecdote from me is that having experience with Dark Souls, the, the trilogy, helped reassure me in my attempts to be improve at the, the teaching thing. Mm-hmm. Because... I realized, you know, when I first went in to fight Ornstein and Schmo, mm-hmm. that fight is so overwhelming. Yes, it is. And it never becomes easy, easy. Yeah. Uh, unless you're one of those crazy speedrunner people who trivialize the entire game. But even then, they're performing at a super high level. And so it never really becomes easy. You just learn how to manage it. Mm-hmm. Right? And that gave me encouragement. Because if I can learn how to manage Ornstein and Schmo, or if I can learn how to manage, you know, pick some other fight, um, say the Royal Rat Vanguard, where there's all these rats everywhere and you're trying to find a specific thing and you're trying to avoid being petrified and all that sort of stuff. Like, if I can learn how to manage those sorts of things, then I can learn how to do this teaching thing where I'm having to manage a 
large number of kids, it feels like, although it's not that huge. <laughs> well, the you know, the first time teaching, it always seems like a large amount. Yeah. Well, they're working on different material. Anyway, I don't need to get into that. But yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. it's just that idea that that experience that I've been having with video game, particularly Dark Souls 3, uh, because I've been that's the one that I've been playing most recently, worked as an encouragement to me that I can find success through repeated perseverance. And perseverance is, is kind of the big thing, right? Yeah. That if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like our education system, and I know I'm harping on it a lot, but isn't well designed for that. Yeah. And I think that that creates people who fear failure to such a, a degree that it makes them fragile and unable to really pursue success mm-hmm. either. Yeah. Well, it's always when you live in a glass house, you don't want to throw stones. The thing is that you don't want to get into that situation where you're actually in a house made of plaster and you actually need to throw stones to um, get through certain walls. Yeah. Anyway, I think that, uh, as you are moving towards earlier, kind of covers a lot of the topic. There's a lot of interlinking parts here where you can understand the ideas of how things are. And I know I had to go through a bit where I retrained my brain because I was feared of failing in video games, even though it was meaningless. Mm -hmm. And overcoming a fear of failure is very important, and video games can help with that. Most definitely. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that's about covers it for us talking about failure in real life and how games kind of relate to those concepts. So we're going to go ahead and move to the sign off here. And before we do, a little bit of teaser for uh, next week. We're going to talk about creativity. Yeah, we had uh, quite a bit of um, thought time on this one. It's been interesting. Yes, it's an interesting process of preparation. So that's what you can look forward to next week. And uh, this is Santier signing off. And this is Redcoat signing off. Play the games you want to play, boyos. <laughs>